Now broadcasting from the Next Gen Conservative Studio in sunny South Florida. Bringing you the latest in politics, current events, and pop culture. This is the Whitfield Report with Sam Whitfield. Well, finally, folks, it's about time we're live. Good God Almighty. I, uh, I apologize for the lightness of the show, ladies and gentlemen. I sincerely do. Uh, but Rumble was ha- having uh, problems with... Uh, starting the show now i love rumble for the most part they've been great since we uh you know especially since we lost uh you know the youtube channel and uh you know even when i even when i was on youtube they were you know you can back up you you can back up your youtube channel there so i had all my content uh backed up to um you know, to rumble. And it was great. But one of the things that does uh, kind of irritate me just a little bit, if I'm being completely honest, is, um, is the fact that you have to put an, in a placeholder whenever you uh, start a new video um or new live stream you have to start a new uh you have to like upload like a short 30 second video or something in the placeholder um in order for it to go live or to i guess set up the stream and it's just a weird bug and uh the placeholder video that i uploaded even though it was only 10 seconds long would not uh upload to rumble to save my life it took me like 30 minutes just to set up this one uh you know little feed on rumble but nevertheless we are here ladies and gentlemen so i want to thank you all for uh joining me tonight it's going to be a little bit of an anti uh it's going to be a little bit of a different live stream tonight because we have no guest uh, tonight. Uh, we've had some great guests over the past few weeks. We had, uh, you know, Kurt. Um, we had Kurt Doolittle and then Craig uh, Mansfeld, uh, you know, as our first two guests as part of this relaunch. Both names start with C, I just realized, uh, too. So, you know, that's interesting. Maybe we'll get like a Carl or something as one of, I guess, in the near future. I, I don't know. But um, irregardless, you know, we've had some great shows. Uh, usually we try and get guests on Wednesday, but tonight uh, we weren't able to get any for this week, so it's just going to be, uh, you know, it's just going to be me tonight and maybe some other people if they decide to uh, join the uh the show but anyway um 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has also kind of been a slow news week, hasn't it? Uh, real quick shout out in the chat to back to uh, basic backholder who says, I'm going to come on the Rumble chat. Um, well, you're already here, so I guess you came. Uh, basic, welcome to the you know to the show. Oh, seven to you, sir. And oh, um, seven to the folks on um, on Odyssey as well. Uh, not sure. Let's see the feed there. Just let me see here. The uh, the bummer with. Uh, all these alternative platforms is I can't put the chats in like a nice control panel on uh, on Melon like I can with YouTube. So that's the one bummer. I kind of have to check each individual chat individually, but no problem. But anyway, back to uh, the show. Uh, as I was saying, this week has kind of been uh, – anticlimactic right folks because on monday as i you know as max and i talked on the podcast on monday uh you know the big news obviously was that trump was supposed to uh you know get indicted on tuesday he was supposed to get arrested um you know but by the New York police, I guess. And that never came to fruition on Tuesday. That came and went. And I kind of joked with Max a bit, but, you know, wow, that really fucked up, uh, you know, the show I had planned because I was thinking that they were going to, uh, you know, be doing that very thing, uh, arresting Trump, and that was going to be that. And that was going to be a big part of the news cycle. And, you know, it already kind of is just the prospect of that was, I guess, a big highlight in the news this week. But um, it didn't come to fruition. Now, it could still happen uh, later this week or next week. But it, ha it hasn't happened yet. Yet, and I've heard all sorts of uh, speculative reasonings as to why it didn't happen. Uh, you know, one of the theories is that, you know, and I'm just going to lay out like two of the most crazy theories right off the bat. First theory as to why Trump didn't get arrested was uh, because, because, well, you know, Trump alerted the people and, you know, the deep state was afraid of him alerting people to what actually happened. So therefore, the, uh, you know, the deep state called off their arrest of Donald Trump and Q was right and Q predicted this. And yes, folks, there is still a QAnon crowd out there. They're still crazy, but they are still predicting stuff like this, and that's what they said. 
Um, well, then on the far left, you have nutsos that were saying, oh, well, you know, Bragg's just gathering more evidence to make sure that his case is airtight. Um, and they just want to make sure that everything is uh, going well according to plan. And uh, in all honesty, folks, the truth is probably um, a bit, you know, it's probably a mix between the two, in all honesty. Um, my theory as to why Trump was arrested yesterday was because even the Democrats, once it was leaked, once Trump leaked on Truth Social that he was getting uh, arrested on Tuesday, and, you know, that became a big news story, even the Democrats, such as uh, Barney Frank, were saying that this was going to be politically bad for the Democrats. If Trump were arrested, and... And let's face it, Alvin, Alvin Bragg has been caught on record publicly saying that he hates Trump, that he wants him gone. So the evidence is, you know, pretty clear that, you know, Bragg is not an unbiased district attorney and his ability to, pro to prosecute would be compromised. And I've heard some theories that, you know, if, if Trump were to get uh, arrested and prosecuted by uh, Bragg, right, that would pretty much prove that the, uh, you know, that the, that the legal system is being weaponized against political opponents. And as much as the Dems hate Donald Trump as much as they might want to get rid of them, they do care about their optics. You know, and I know that term optics has kind of become cringe, but, you know, the, the Dems, let's face it, whatever you think of Trump and his optics, which have always been great, the Dems are not in a great position uh, in terms of optics either because... Let's face it, Joe Biden is president of the United States uh, currently, and that does not bode well for them because he can't speak, literally. So the Dems know that they have an optics problem right now. They know that arresting Trump right now would look bad. They know that the evidence, you know, for what they're claiming is shoddy as fuck at best, right? It's not that great. Um, so they're not going to, you know, they're not going to brag do this. And what I mean they, I don't necessarily just mean the Democrats, I mean 
you know, the mayor of New York, of New York City is probably right. Uh, the mayor of New York City is probably saying that this would, would be bad. Um, you know, the, the New York, the New York Democrats as left wing as they may be, they're, they're pretty much telling Bragg to stand down at this moment. That that's my theory at least. And, you know, hopefully nothing will come of this. I think, uh, you know, enough people are aware of what a sham this is. That like even even Bragg has to know that this is a bad idea, so that's why I think that this uh, you know Trump getting arrested slash prosecuted isn't going to happen because it would it would be bad optically, and they know that, and so yeah. Max and I uh, also talked on Monday why this whole thing would be bad in other ways for the Democrats, but I'm not going to rehash that. Uh, you know, I just kind of wanted to give a quick update as to what was going on with that whole thing, which evidently is nothing. So, anyway, the only other bit of political, uh, you know, uh, commentary that I have for this evening, ladies and gentlemen, is the fight between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump has, in fact, uh, kicked off, ladies and gentlemen. And look, I have said this before. And my position on this hasn't changed at all. I think it, I think it is incredibly stupid that the Republican Party wants to uh, pit Ron DeSantis against Donald Trump, because at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, I do believe that. Uh, you know, Trump and DeSantis are better as allies uh, compared to them being opponents or whatever. I, I, I believe that they're, they're stronger together, essentially. Right. So, uh, you know, this, Trump endorsed DeSantis in... Um, you know, 2018 for Governor of Florida, DeSantis won by a, a landslide. He's been the best governor of uh, Florida in my um, lifetime. And, you know, I, I can't really say too much uh, bad on as far as being governor of the state. He's been a great leader. Um, with that being said, I am also, like I have said, very aware that him going against Trump would not be good, uh, you know, for him because it would split the base. And also there are, there are people who would 
you know, there are people who would support who support DeSantis right now who would not support him if he in fact did declare like he's running for president directly against Donald Trump. The MAGA base would not be there. Uh, Shmuley Max and I talked about that, you know, pretty in depth last week on the, the show. So it's not really that surprising. Um, so, um, but, you know, here we are anyway, we're, we're going to have them, uh, you know, fight. So as Razor Fist said, if we're going to have, uh, you know, Trump and DeSantis fight, then let them fight. Now, as much as I like DeSantis, Trump is clearly, I think, the stronger, uh, you know, candidate here when it comes to campaigning, right? He's a, he's a shit talker. He knows how to steamroll people because he's done it um, a bunch in the, you know, in previous elections. He generates massive crowds that, you know, there's an energy about him and there's an energy about Trump that no other really political candidate has. And as much as I like DeSantis, he does come off, you know, in comparison to Trump, I guess. Uh, you know, he he has his own brand of energy, but it's not Trump's energy. And so it's just going to divide the base. And ultimately, I, I you know, I don't think... Uh, you know, DeSantis would win a primary against Trump. Even if he did, however, let's just say that, I think, you know, Shmuley and Max talked about this already, and I trust their judgment. If if DeSantis were to, were to uh, you know, get the nomination in 24... The MAGA base and the, the Trump base would leave, which does frustrate me a little bit because I still subscribe to Andrew Breitbart's uh, rule, which is when it comes to facing off against you know the Democrats and the left, I will stand for whoever the candidate is uh, because we don't, we lose. That was the theory that I, you know, that was the rule that I applied in 2016 when voting for Trump. You know, even when I had, you know, reservations about him. Right. And so. I would just ask that those, you know, people who are hesitant of DeSantis now, if he, if he does get the nomination I would ask they support him, uh, you know, for the nomination. Um, but I don't know if that's going to happen.
I think in either case, whether it be Trump or DeSantis, I, I think either of them could beat Joe Biden. And that's the most uh, important thing, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't see... Um, I don't see Biden getting a second term in either case. Not unless they, you know, mess with the election again. Um, I think it would be more resounding with Trump. But, you know, I, I think... I think DeSantis could beat Joe Biden in a general. I mean, and, and uh, now the other thing that does kind of, I guess, frustrate me from the Trump side is they say that, you know, in comparison to DeSantis, in comparison to uh, Trump, DeSantis's establishment, and I get why they say that, because he is a career politician, you know, to an extent. And he is also taking donor money, which I guess makes him more susceptible to being controlled, right? I understand the argument. I get it. But... DeSantis was also the guy who just a few years ago, during the COVID pandemic of 2020 and 2021, a lot of both the left and even some of the, you know, MAGA conservatives were saying that he's, you know, he's the second coming of Trump. Right, and that was good for us as conservatives and Trump supporters, and that was bad for uh, that was bad for the Democrats. In fact, in some ways, I, I remember reading several tweets from you know left wing commentators saying that Trump was worse than that. DeSantis was worse than Trump in many ways because, right, they could just dismiss Trump by saying, oh, he shoots his mouth off, you know, he's just obnoxious, but, you know, DeSantis is more measured, um, you know, he is, I guess, he's not as abrasive, but at the same time, he does have like I said earlier, he doesn't have the same punch that Trump does. Now, who would I support, ladies and gentlemen? Honestly, I think at this point, I would support Donald Trump, right? Because it seems like he's going to be the, nomin the nominee anyway. He's the clear choice. The very clear winner. And so, you know, I, I feel like it's in our best interest to back him. And plus, 
I want DeSantis to stay here as governor of Florida. It just seems like it would be the best thing to do for the entire country. You know, say what you will, you know, about that. But, you know, what I would like to see is Trump run, win in 24, get four years, serve out those four years, and then in 2028, Ron DeSantis can run probably against Gavin Newsom by then. Right? And listen, that election will be very interesting when that happens because we will essentially get, you know, the, 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 you know, the Florida coast, right. In how we did things in our way of governing versus, you know, California's, California's way of governing things, right. And which, which state's political ideology and political way of governing things, which state will prevail over the entire nation at that point? It's uh, it's an it's an interesting thing to think about, ladies and gentlemen. It really is, um, when you think about. It. So that'll be in twenty twenty eight, if everything goes according to plan. But uh, you know, in the meantime, Trump and DeSantis are going to have to, you know, hash it out, I guess. And we will see, uh, you know, may the be- may the best man win, I guess. So uh, that's what I have to say about that. Now, um, yeah, so that's all the kind of political... Uh, commentary and political news that I have for you tonight. Um, one quick thing that I want to mention um, before we end tonight's live stream, I actually do want to play a a video for you, and um, because it's been a while since we've talked pop culture um, and whatnot, and you know, we we tend to talk about woke pop culture and how, uh, you know, the woke has infected everything from, uh, you know, comic books to movies to video games, et cetera, et cetera. It's been a, it's been a you know, a, a consistent theme of ours here on the Woodfield Report for a couple of years. You know, woke entertainment versus non-woke. And, um, you know, a lot of the woke entertainment, ladies and gentlemen, was, uh, you know, it came about during the era of Donald Trump and, um, you know, and as a result of that kind of the whole 2014 Gamergate era. And so, uh, you know, and woke hasn't sold very well at all. We know this. It's killed the entertainment industry. It's killed sales. And people are tired of it. And so I, I found uh, a video essay from this guy named uh, Andy Mian, I think how you pronounce his name. And 
he put out a video two weeks ago basically explaining how woke media is now dying. And, you know, we're, we're, we're coming to a, a post-woke entertainment era. Uh, thank goodness. And so... This was a this was a very interesting video essay. I want to play uh, part of it and break it down for you uh, because I do think that this is encouraging news, and uh, I also want to you know maybe get this guy on the podcast since he is uh, you know an, an interesting uh, guy who does I guess entertainment commentary. So here is uh, Andy Mion's video on why woke culture is dying. Let me cue this up um, for you all. So, okay. And... Okay, share, share tab. Okay, got that. Okay, share screen. Okay, folks, we got it. So this is Why Woke Entertainment is Dying by Andy Meon TV on YouTube. And... Um, Although I don't usually uh, do this, I will leave a uh, link to his channel in the uh, description of the show once this is archived on Spotify and podcast platforms. So you're welcome. It's only about 15 minutes long. I think we'll, you know, bookend. It'll end tonight's show kind of on an uplifting palate cleanse note. So... Anyway, let's uh, roll the tape. Go. It's in Demiond, and the world in the past few years has gone crazy, which is putting it mildly. Many of our favorite franchises from movies, TV, and even games have all become virtue-spewing messes, with concepts like diversity and inclusion mattering more than telling good stories. For the past few years, I think it's safe to say that the world as we know it has gone from rational to a maelstrom of wokeness. But what is wokeness? That word gets thrown around a lot, with it meaning to be awake and to be alert to racial prejudice and discrimination. But there's another definition for it, but you won't find it in any dictionary. And that's when something is woke, it usually means it's garbage, a charade, and at its core, it's utterly soulless. And with so many companies out there trying to force political messages down your throat from everything including Hollywood films and games, it's becoming clear that as a people, we're growing tired of it. The course of human history has what we call eras, like the Cold War era for example, or the Backstreet Boys era, which I'm particularly fond of myself. Anyway, our society is currently being drowned in what I would call the woke era. However, lately there's been symptoms of change, small cracks in the mask that many hide behind in this era of supporting the current thing, while doing nothing but protest and victimize themselves as if that's going to change anything. There's glimmers that there are those who are utterly tired of this nonsensical garbage. 
who want something more than what the millionaire actors and colored hair activists have been conditioned to believe and project. And like any other period in history, there will come a time for it to end in order to usher in a new era. And that, my dear viewer, is where we are heading right now. So let's talk about how we're entering the post-woke era and what it means for you, me, and the rest of the world. If you've been following the channel for a long time, you know that I have been completely against accepting the current way things are. From the politics, the echo chambers, and the tribalism of today's people, most of it makes me shake my head in disappointment, as I wonder how we got ourselves to this point. You have things like the Proud family on Disney+, Plus parading their characters around talking about the history of slaves, in order to gaslight the TikTok and Twitter addicts into sharing and absorbing the message and then raging out as they think they're fighting injustice by sharing a clip of a show financed and produced by a billionaire corporation known for bending the knee to China and others. All while using devices like iPhones and laptops to call an end to slavery and discrimination, while not realizing the very products they view these clips on are largely made by and supplied via the exploitation of slave labor. That phone you're using as you complain about injustices and better working conditions is powered by cobalt batteries, which are largely supplied by workers in the Congo who work for as little as $2 a day pulling cobalt from the mines in hazardous locations as they expose themselves to the toxins. But this actual reality will fall on deaf ears as the wokest of the woke don't care about those beneath them and just see others as propaganda pieces to use in order to uplift their own sense of moral superiority. There's a lot of hypocrisy in today's world with many young people believing they're freedom fighters pushing themselves. I, uh, I want to pause the video and add some commentary just for fair use here. Everything that he's saying is spot on here. Um, you know, and, and what he just said about, uh, you know, the, the woke, uh, you know, being hypocrites. I don't... I don't think a lot of people, I don't think a lot of normies per se understand that that's what, that's what we're upset about when we mean woke, right? It's not just, uh, you know, a, a thing of, oh, you're just upset because everything in Hollywood is liberal, right? That That's often a, uh, you know that that's often what kind of the whole counterpart of oh you know Sam you're just an angry uh, you know conservative guy who's upset that the you know that liberals run Hollywood and you know you just can't stand it because of your political bias no uh, you know folks I. Listen, I'm under no illusion that, you know, Hollywood for years has been, you know, on the left, very liberal. Um, none of that really has ever really bothered me. I don't think, I don't think that fact in and of itself 
bothers very many, uh, you know, conservatives or libertarian or, you know, libertarians like myself. I, I think a lot of people have accepted that, you know, a lot of Iowa directors and actors are, you know, big libs. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people are generally okay with that. Uh, you know, partially because we have to be, right? But now with the propaganda and and whatnot, and now the messaging is so they're not even trying to hide anymore. Like 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 they said, like uh, Andy Neon here says. They're literally forcing it down your throat at this point. And people don't like that. They they don't. So, you know, and that's why that's why woke that's why Hollywood is dying in a nutshell. Why woke media is dying. Oh, can uh okay. Just lost my place. Okay. Uh, okay, here we are. Continuing on. Cells against the patriarchy and the monolith of injustice in today's world. Yet all they do is throw their hands up in the air in rage while never lifting a finger or doing anything but complain while waiting for someone else to fix the problem. This whirlwind of being raised to hate and see yourself as a victim in every situation has done nothing but ruin our society for the worse. People are more disconnected than ever, with everyone clamoring over each other like World War Z zombies as they push whatever is currently politically correct in order to gain likes and followers. And if you couldn't tell, I don't care about supporting the current thing. In fact, I think a lot of what young people are worried about today, from climate change to which pronouns to use so that they don't offend each other, it's all just a giant waste of time. Because all it takes is a single article or viral video to completely blind the majority of people into fighting each other. Not realizing that if they just listen to one another instead of always looking for a reason to hate one another, they could actually bring about real change for once in their lives. But, like I said, there are now cracks in the facade, and it's clear that people are largely fed up with this useless, ideological pursuit of self-righteousness. Wokeified content is dying, with many shows and even games being largely rejected by today's audiences. With examples like Saints Row completely bombing after changing for a modern audience. Even after fans pleaded that the studio go back to their roots, but Volition thought they knew better and instead doubled down on all the virtue signaling nonsense. And all that did was cost their publisher a hundred million dollars in making the game a reality. And it severely underperformed, which led to over 46 million dollars in losses. On Again, you know, this is more evidence that, you know, woke is dying in the entertainment industry. It's it's not it's not making money at all, ladies and gentlemen. And people, I guess, you know, it's it's apparent to everyone now. Um 
one of the things is woke media is dying and it's not making money, but it, it could come back again fairly quickly. One of the reasons why, you know, woke became such a big thing, uh, particularly in 2015 and 2016, was because of Trump, right? And so they, all these woke, you know, creators basically planned all their content out because of Trump. And now that the Trump era is over, they're running out of woke shit. But now that Trump is running again, they'll probably try and make more. So yeah, let themselves, let them run the entertainment industry into the ground. Now, I tend to like uh, and do me on, and I, I I do want to have him on uh, at some point, but one of the things that I want, you know, one of the things I'd like to discuss with him at some point is how, how do we as creatives, like, who are the, who are the non-woke content creators other than YouTubers and podcasters? I mean, I think he knows of some, you know, non-woke creatives out there. So I would like to feature those individuals out there. So, um, let's see. Yeah, this video, this video goes on for like 20 minutes. I, I thought it was shorter the first time I watched it, but, uh, yeah, overall, though, I think it's a pretty good, uh, you know, take from Endymion, and, uh, you know, go check his channel out, and, uh, like I said, hope we will have him on the show here, uh, you know, sooner rather than later, so, yeah, uh, Talk about Victorian pre-democratic thought, uh, Sam. Uh, I, I'm assuming that that's Shmuley in the uh, in the chat there. Maybe I could be wrong though. Um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, um. Hail to MAGA News Network, and, uh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, that'll just about do it for tonight's show. I do want to make a real quick announcement, though, uh, before I end tonight's, uh, stream. On Friday, uh, I will be celebrating, we will be celebrating... Uh, my 15th anniversary of podcasting. Uh, not just on the Whitfield Report, but as a whole. Going back to uh, my days 
shoot, all the way back to Podbean. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing that celebration on Friday. Um, it'll be... I'm thinking we're going to start it probably at like 10 p.m. Eastern. That's when we'll start the show. And um, should be should be pretty fun. Um, so, yeah. Join us for the show. Uh, I know Max Sand will be... I know he has some clips of the uh, old show, of my old shows in the past. We'll probably have some guests on from uh, previous shows, so that will be on Friday. And uh, if any, if anyone would like to, uh, you know, call in and uh, arrange to be on the show, let us know. You can, uh, you know, tweet me or DM me or DM Max or Shmuley and. Let one of us know if you're uh, planning on uh, attending, and yeah, it should be pretty, should be uh, pretty good overall. So, anyway, though, folks, uh, I want to thank everyone for uh, tuning in for tonight's show. I know we had a few technical hiccups, and I do apologize for that. But hey, we got it working anyway, and uh, I thought it was a decent show. Even that was just me tonight. Uh, from all of us here at NGC Studios, have a good night. God bless. God save this great nation. And I'll see you guys on Friday for the celebration show. Ladies and gentlemen, until then, have a good evening, folks. And, uh, yeah. Oh, real quick, uh, MAGA News Network for $1.00. Does uh, say Catholicism is what we call a religion? Um, yes, indeed. That is the case. So, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for that uh, super chat, by the way. And uh, see you guys on Friday. Thanks for listening to The Whitfield Report on the NGC Network. Please visit Sam's website at www.thesamwhitfield.com and support Sam on Patreon at patreon.com slash whitfieldreport. Until next time, God bless, God save this great nation, and God, freedom, legacy, in that order.